Welcome to Happily Ever After is Real, interviews and conversations with women, created to share wisdom, strength, joy, and inspiration for finding true love in a busy and constantly changing world. Happily Ever After is Real is a Be More You production. You can follow us on Facebook or visit us online at bemoreyou.co. I'm Tricia Bennett. On behalf of myself and all of our guests, welcome and enjoy. So on today's program, I am delighted to welcome Heidi Bertram and Nancy Hunt as my guest hosts and married celebrity guest, Deb Norton. Nancy's on, Deb and Heidi are on, I'm on. So I've got the questions in front of me, and I'm just really excited because there have been times where I've heard parts of Deb's story and where when Deb was at workshops sharing, we got parts of it, but we didn't get it all like a pearl necklace. We didn't get it all in one place. So this is going to be really beautiful. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm happy to have my love story out there in the universe. And other women are going to be really happy to hear it, I'll tell you. I'm happy to share it. It's an extraordinary love story to see and witness Debbie and Tim's love from birth until now. And I told Deb that any time she clears her throat or coughs or anything, I'll cut it out. So so you'll sound like a brilliant genius without any ums or ers or ahs or coughs. Or <laughs> Good. Nancy. Okay. Thanks, Nancy, for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited to hear what Deb's going to share. Yay. <laughs> Nancy holds the space for greatness. Um, actually, ladies, I'll, I'll just share this very briefly. I was on Facebook, which I don't do a lot, and I went through and I read this story, so it got me in prime space because I was just crying. But the bottom line oh. is a, lo- a wallet was lost. The guy found it, three bucks in it, but this old Dear John letter, right? Anyways, he traced back the source of the Dear John letter to a nursing home and the woman never got married and loved him, and the guy was leaving, and the guard recognized the wallet. The man was on the eighth floor. The woman was on the third floor. Cut it out. Neither married, loved each (sighs) other. Three weeks later, got married. And I was just crying, like, oh. In a nursing home? (laughs) They both ended up in the same nursing home. But she was 16. (sighs) He was 19. The mother said she was too young, so she wrote him a Dear John letter. He carried it with him his whole life, and they never married, and they got married. So, uh-huh. yeah, I, I just read that before this, so I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> so, like, there you go. Uh, that is, I just love being spread and shared. And so from that story, Nancy, to just experiencing it, like within the yep. last hour, Mike, oh man, it's love, love and love fun stories are all around us. Mm, sure are. Okay, we're welcoming Deb Norton to the podcast today, and she's going to share from the place of being a married celebrity guest. And we always say, because when you're single, being married is celebrity enough. <laughs> so, 
Welcome, Deb. And we'd like to start to just ask you to tell us about yourself, how long you've been married, if you have kids, and what your passions are. I'm 54 years old, or I should, should, should say young. I've been married been married 28 years. We'll be celebrating 29, uh, 29 years in July. July 15th is my uh, wedding anniversary. I have two absolutely amazing sons who are 22 and 20 and just uh, extraordinary, wonderful human beings, and they are just my absolute pride and joy, and they are my purpose in my life. Mm. And basically, my husband and I both decided that I used to be a stay-at-home mom, and my biggest passion in my life being and just doing things for my family, my husband, my sons, my parents, my sisters, and friends. I just, uh, that is my passion. And uh, now that my boys are both off in college, it's kind of like I need to figure out what I'm going to do now when I grow up. I'm trying to figure out my next passion in my life, which they'll always be my number one, but... Mm-hmm. That's great. So tell us about how you met your husband and how you knew he was the one. It was a night that I wasn't planning on actually going out, didn't want to go out. And my wonderful sister said, come on, you have to get out, let's go. I went out with a bunch of her friends to a fun nightclub, and um, it was one girl, Roxy, who said, you know what, guys are not going to come and... They're going to be intimidated with, like, ten women here. She said, we need to spread out. So she said, come on. So I thought, all right, I'll follow her. And we went over to another area by a bar, and I actually connected eyes with my husband, Tim, not knowing it was going to be my husband, but with Tim. And I just remember saying to myself, do I give him the sultry look or do I give him just a nice smile? I went with the smile <laughs> and I looked away and looked back and he was gone. And I thought, ah, oh, darn. I, I said to Roxy, what a handsome guy I just saw. So the nightclub was set up in two separate parts, so we decided let's go to the other side. So it was very dark and those little stairs back in the 80s were had the little lights on the edge of the steps. And I remember yeah. looking down, worried that I was going to be falling flat on my face. So I was staring at the stairs. At the top of the stairs, there were two sets of shoes just standing. And I, and I remember looking down, seeing the shoes, and then my eyes went up, and I looked and it was that handsome man that I had just seen. And he was standing there with a friend of his. And his friend said, ladies, would you care to dance? So we ended up dancing the rest of the night. And I actually was hoarse from my job. So we were trying to talk and I could barely talk over the music. But he ended up taking my phone number and we ended up going out on a date a week or so later to go see three men and a baby. And <laughs> and then we, after the movies, we decided to go to 
Dunkin' Donuts for a coffee and went in and grabbed the coffee and a cocoa. I didn't drink coffee. And the man said, I'm sorry we're closing. You have to take these out. So we hopped back into his truck, and I was busy getting, I mean, holding my cocoa. And all of a sudden I looked over and looked into his beautiful eyes. And all I can remember saying to myself is that this is the man I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. I just I just knew there was this utter peace that came over me and and I just was like this is the man. And so I Was that your first date? Yeah, actually sort of technically yes, our first wow. date. We had met again back at Chevy's um but we really hadn't made it an it wasn't an official date. Yeah. So this was uh technically our first official date and I I just knew, I just felt like I was home. I just knew that just he was kind, he was generous, he was sweet, he was he was just everything. Mm. But the funny thing is that he was everything but nothing that I thought I was looking for. I was looking for the Mr. Executive, the suits, you know, finance, banking. I was going to be an executive's wife. That's what I had in my head. Mm. My wonderful husband's family owned a fence company, and he wore dickies and work boots and a Woolrich jacket. <laughs> but I thought, I can work with this. And so I, I just remember reading an article in a magazine about a woman who, too, had these expectations of who she was going to marry and said, let those go. Because she ended up marrying a, a taxi driver, she said, and mm. I've never been happier in my life. Mm. So we had had that date on on a Sunday, and the next day was my, the next date. The next day was actually going to be my birthday. So I was starting a temp job at the at the college, which was literally right near his home. And so he left a note on my car when I came down from work saying, please stop by my house. So I thought, well, I'm going to do it. Here I go. Because <laughs> went o- went over. I pulled around the corner into the driveway, and there this man was, halfway in mud up to his shins, building this uh, this addition off on the back of his house, And I thought, oh, my God, I've never seen anything sexier than that in my life. And so I just, (laughs) I said, I just find it sort of amusing that there he was again in his Dickies and Woolrich jacket and work boots. And I thought, that is not a three-piece suit. But I said, boy, does it look good on him. So there's my very long story about my husband. Awesome. So the next question is, what did you have to know and trust about yourself before you could choose your husband and commit to him and to being married? I have to say, I thought about this question, and I have to thank the previous boyfriend because mm-hmm. it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I would do in being in this relationship and putting up with a lot of quote-unquote garbage um, mm. from someone, 
And at the end of that relationship, I just remember saying, I would rather be alone for the rest of my life than ever settle for that type of person just to say I'm with someone or Mm. to say I have a boyfriend. I mean, he would constantly sort of like, oh, don't you think you should try to lose weight? Shouldn't you lose Mm. some weight? And, And would go on about that. And actually at one point, which was the final straw for me, like grab grab my arm and shoulder and and I just thought yeah no I said I'm proud of myself that I had the strength to realize no no that happens once and that never happens again goodbye mm-hmm. I realized that I was very critical of myself and that I tried to change myself for the guys I was with you know you want to have things in common or whatever but maybe you might learn something new but when you're trying to physically change yourself for someone else. Mm-hmm. Which is, is what a lot of women do. Yes, exactly. And I just basically went into this relationship with Tim with the, sorry, bud, take me as I am, Laffy Taffy on the thighs and all. You know, this is who I am. This is the size that I am. And, you know, if if this isn't what you want, then hit the next button and we're going to move on and but he just always loved me for just who I was I mean he just it, there was never never ever did he ever say to me oh you you should lose weight or don't do this to your hair or do this or and I basically also unfortunately because of another relationship that I had that ended not very nicely I actually went into I said he ended up getting the brunt of it, but just that I didn't go in saying, I'm going to freely trust you. You had to earn it. I actually sort of said, you're going to have to earn my trust. Mm -hmm. I said, I need to know through your actions that you're a man that I can trust. And I basically just said it as it was. So, And that's what ended up being the funny thing was he said, I've never dated a woman like you he said where every minute i'm with you i know exactly where i stand Mm. he said i would have an old girlfriend he would share that he said all of a sudden i'd show up or she'd show up at my house and he said she'd start screaming at me and it would be about something that happened four days ago he said i never knew what was going to happen And he said, but with you, he said, I just always know, he said, if you're happy with me, you're happy. If you're not happy, I know you're not happy. (laughs) I really appreciate that. And I really was taken back by that. I Uh thought, gosh, I must be a biatch. (laughs) (laughs) But I just just thought. You were authentic and clear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to waste time. No, I'd wasted a lot of time with different guys, and and that's what he said. He said, I just always really appreciate it. He said, you're very clear. This is what I want. This is what I don't want, which can sometimes come around and bite you, you know, when they buy you a gift, and you're like, that's really not what I wanted. So now he's afraid to buy me presents because I would be like, well, that's not what I wanted. (laughs) So the man is, he's um, horrified to buy gifts because of that. 
So you've got you got to kind of use your clarity a little bit better. Hopefully, somebody will learn from that one for me. Right. <laughs> oh. So really, a lot of what helped you to to trust yourself was past relationships, and knowing that you would rather be by yourself than settle for someone who wasn't going to accept you for who you are or treat you the way you deserve to be treated. Exactly. And I actually went and did a list one time about, like, the pros and cons of the different guys that I had dated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just sort of said, you know, why did I date him? You know, there had to be a reason why. And so there were different things about different the different guys that I liked and so, and for me, like, number one, I need humor. And mm. it's one of the funniest guys I know, a very dry sense of humor. But going through the, that list, I realized that he checked off, like, almost every single one when I made the list of what I liked. He mm. actually pretty much was, um, you know, in the whole like section. So I sort of like actually putting it out there and making sure that you're clear about what you want. Yeah. I didn't have the three-piece soup, but that's okay. We'll get rid of that. What were those? Clear words? about what you want and what you don't want. Yeah. Yep. yep. So just ask Debbie, what were some of those things on her list that she liked? Well, actually, I mean, it was, I love laughing. So sense of humor, but also it kindness like a good heart, accepting me for who I was, and um, creative. It's funny. I dated a photographer, and my husband, and that's what I really liked about the photographer was that creativity that he had with photography, and my husband is one of the most amazing photographers I know. So wow. I think, you know, writing it down gives you a little bit of clarity for what you are looking for. So when, you know, you know when you meet someone, then that gives you a, a bit of an idea of going, huh, it kind of gives you a little bit of guidance. Mm. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, integrity, and I would say talk about a rock. She wants, like she wanted a guy that, you know, he's been your rock through oh, yeah. through everything, like somebody who's an in integrity but just that firm foundation. And the crazy part is when she went over to his house, he was building the foundation, and he was adding to his foundation on his on his home, and he's been such an incredible foundation and rock in her life mm. through thick, through thin. And, I mean, that she's helped me to see that that's a quality that I am, I've put on my essentials, to have that man be a rock. And the good, the bad, the ugly, he's just so solid. And I thank Debbie for this example because she's helped me to see what it is, the quality, the character of a person and let me tell you, Tim just, he is that foundation, and he's a rock. Mm-hmm. And it's different, though, because when I made that list, I was 20, 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm 54 now. <laughs> your list changes, I think, with your age. The journey that we've been on for 28 years, actually, we've known each other for 30 years, but, you know, you grow and you learn and 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 you become each other's rock. Mm-hmm. So things do change based on what your age is and what yep. you need at that time in your life. 
Yeah. And the next question is, did you have women in your life before you got married? Do you now? And how have other women been instrumental to your success? I had, I sort of had very few women. In, I mean, I grew up with two sisters in my, and I had my mom. And so my sisters are my best friends, but, uh, and I've, I didn't always have like large groups of, of women around me. I, I always said that I, I went with, uh, quality, not quantity. Mm. And I, and I just, I mean, I would always make sure that I knew that you have, you know, you have great friends that you can, that you know that when you call that they're going to be right there. And I had one friend that I just did everything with until she got married and moved away. But we still kept in touch. And I never really had sort of a large group because I just, again, like you have women that to me can be acquaintances. And you know them, but don't know if they're necessarily women that you can call true friends and rely on. Mm -hmm. So. Now, with health issues that I have right now, I have been completely blessed with, I, I can't even describe the quantity of women that I have surrounding me that are just right there who want to help me and do things for me and do things for my family, and, and it's just um, priceless. So mm-hmm. I've actually learned over the years to sort of open up and uh, let more people in and, and not be... You know, looking for that. Uh, I always have that that quality, those quality friends that you really know that have been through everything with you. Mm-hmm. And with moving and meeting new people and amazing neighbors and a group of high school friends that have rejoined and recommitted to each other a few years ago, reconnected over a tragedy and. We have been there for each other the past four years, and uh, we now call each other the Gems. Mm. And <laughs> Debbie Diamond. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so I said it's just been, it has been amazing to allow more women in my life. That's been um, eye-opening for me because it was sort of, you know, I did just have just sort of a few friends that I just kept close. Yeah. I do feel blessed now to have a lot of women in my life. Hmm. There is such and a there's a different energy to feminine support. And mm-hmm. sometimes it makes you feel really vulnerable to accept it. Mhm. Because the support at least for me the support that I get from women is so um intimate. Mhm. Yeah. It can be it can be painful to receive it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's very hard sometimes. Yeah. I, at yeah. this point I'm I'm kind of batting a lot of it away just because it's so it can be a little overwhelming for me. Yeah. So so um <laughs> and as you're describing your relationships with women now, I I get that you've always had a sense of trust in them, though. Like you described, the closer ones that you go to, which I feel um, that I 
have the same in my life. But as you're speaking in, in the rekindling of new friends, I go back to the night you met your husband, and I believe you said the woman was Roxy or something yeah. like that. You followed her because she said a group is too big. Now, if you didn't listen to her guidance, you might not have met those stunning blue eyes across the room. So you've had women, subtle or not, and you trust women. And you know yeah. what I mean? There's, there's something special about that as well. Yeah, exactly. That was all through my sister Heidi. And Aww. I and because I trust her judgment, so I figured, okay, we're all going out. So I, I do feel very blessed to Roxy. Sort of giving me that insight. I wouldn't have even thought about that. You know, mm-hmm. that so it's like, okay, women, if you go out in a large group, break off into little teams and <laughs> You can pick your husband up at a bar. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did. But it's also when you least expect it. It was really the sweetest thing because to watch her meet Tim that night was so darn cute because I then came back after she had met him. I mean, she disappeared for the whole night. And when I met her, I... We were just dancing. (laughs) (laughs) When I when I finally met her because I was driving her home, I said, "Come on, Dad, we gotta go." And of course, there was this cute, sweet, gentle kiss that they gave each other. And he walked, yeah, he, he he walked her he walked her to the car, and I was in the driver's seat, had the rearview mirror sort of cranked a little bit, and I said, "Oh, look what happened to her." It was so, a very quick little kiss, cute little sweet kiss. Such a slut. I said, my goodness. My, how the times have changed. (laughs) (laughs) He's kissing this man on the first date. I said, don't be so forward. But in hindsight, looking back, it was what they call in the holiday holiday movie we've been watching a lot. It's the meet cute, which is so sweet. It's like when you have that unexpected encounter with somebody that you just say, ooh, he's a cutie. She talked about him on the ride home, and I said, there's something special that happened. And it was when she least expected it. She had been through a tremendous, tremendous hardship with the breakup. She was in a stressful job, and the thing she didn't say was the stress that night caused her to not be able to even talk. She sounded like Kermit the Frog. So she was coming out with all the gals, but it was really to give her a break from having had that breakup and... She's in a stressful job just to release some stress and go and have fun. That's the thing we want to stress to women, too. She not only trusted me to go out with a bunch of crazy women that she really didn't know, but it was in that moment when she just said, all right, I'm going, I'm going to have fun, and she brought the Kermit the, Kermit the Frog voice. Mm-hmm. And the craziest, funnest, fun part was that Tim thought he met the sweetest soft-spoken woman that night because she was so, <laughs> so quiet because she couldn't the talk. The quiet part's the best part. <laughs> you have to tell him the story about how he bought you your first, your first birthday or Christmas present. That's hysterical. This is like just even a week or two after they met. This man was just constantly trying to be her hero with a Christmas tree. With Oh, my God. On our very first date, his family his family sold Christmas trees. So he called and he said, "I'll be coming over." And he said, do "You need?" He said, "Oh, do you need a Christmas tree?" He said, "I want to bring you a Christmas tree." I said, "Oh, that's wonderful." 
My parents had already bought a Christmas tree. I'm out on my parents' deck with the Christmas tree off the deck to hide it. And my parents were looking at me like, she's gone mad. And then I finally confessed and said that my parents, I said, oh, I didn't realize, I didn't realize that they had already bought a tree. But he was so sweet. He came over Christmas Eve and he came in the door and one of my favorite perfumes at the time was Halston. And he walked in the door and all I could smell was Halston perfume. Aww. The woman had sprayed him at the <gasps> store. But I just thought, wow, because I really, I never had dated, and he's a, he's a couple of years older than me. He's like three years older than I am. And I just, you know, I felt like, ooh, that's the sophisticated older man and a whole whopping 26 and I'm... 23, 20, whatever. It was just so sweet that he had spent money on me. That was another thing that I wasn't used to. I was always the one that was buying things and taking care of stuff. And so that was a nice treat to have someone doing things for me and and spoiling me. Mm. So that is a perfect segue into the next question, which is what are the gifts of your marriage And what do you want single women to have that they don't have now? Hmm. Well, I know the gifts of my marriage is the feeling of the sense of security, the feeling that I'm home every time I see him, that... That is beautiful. Second, Mm. he walks in the door. I smile as soon as I hear that garage door. I thank the Lord that he, you know, made it home safely another day and and that and that he's mine and that he just absolutely loves me so unconditionally and has been to hell and back with things that we've been through and and he just keeps walking right beside me. I think it's very important for women to understand love languages. And mm. I, my husband is definitely a man of doing. I mean, it's it's like give me a list and I'll do it. I mean, it's just yep. simple, silly things to just... When we first got married, his house was on a very, 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 very busy street. I grew up in a very rural neighborhood, very quiet and we've been married for about three months, and a fire truck came blazing through the intersection, and I just looked at him. I was awake, and I looked at him, and I said, that's it. I am moving home. I can't take another night here. And he went out that weekend, and he put up a fence right outside our bedroom window and some shrubs to help absorb the noise, which made a huge difference. And I just was like, wow. I said, this guy likes me. <laughs> yeah. Said, you know, and even just something as simple. I mean, last night I was talking about how my bed felt a little uncomfortable. And we had just bought a nice foam mattress pad for our son's bed. He went and stole it off our son's bed and put it on our bed. Mm-hmm. So when I got upstairs, I had this beautiful memory foam padding on the bed. He just always makes me feel so loved with everything that he does. 
Mm-hmm. It's just, it, he's just so amazing. And, I mean, the absolute most beautiful gifts of all from our marriage is our children. Yeah. I mean, not that we put them ahead of us, but just absolutely cherish our children. And they are just absolute amazing gifts to us. And really funny, just like the two of you. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, like, really smart, sweet, generous, kind, all the things that you said Tim is, as well as being hysterically funny. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. That What was part two of the question? Um, What do you want single women to have that they don't have now? A husband. I mean, I just, I want them to have a relationship of fun, friendship, kindness. And for me, the most important thing is to make sure that they're a great friend because the whole kismet and crazy va-va-voom stuff, you yeah. know, that that starts to wane. But, I I mean, I feel that I have my absolute best friend in the world with me all the time. Yes. And that is what I want them to have, you know. Sex is great, but having a man that is your absolute best friend is far sexier through the years. And Mm -hmm. um, that's just something that I want them to find is actually just an amazing, good, kind friend. Oh, perfect. What is your best advice for keeping a woman's dreams alive around finding love? And what is her homework? Best advice? Goodness. Uh, definitely stay true to yourself. Be yourself. Don't try to change You know, it's nice to be able to dress up, but if that isn't really who you are, then you're not going to be comfortable in something that it's not really you. So you've got to be who you are. I know what you mean. Um, Don't false advertise. Yeah, yeah. I just really, and also just be honest. My husband always says, men are not mind readers. It's always my favorite line. Mm-hmm. And so he said, if you need something done or if you need, you know, he said, he said, you need to ask. And, and he said, but remember the tone, which was, he was actually the first guy who really called me out on my own stuff, which is what I really loved about him, that he, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, there's a, there's a German saying, die Tone macht die Musik, which it means the tone makes the music. Uh-huh. And so sometimes I could be a little sharp, and uh, and he'd be like, and and I love how he actually would just sort of look at me and go, "Ouch," and I'd be, and, mm-hmm. and it would it would stun me, but he has made me a better person. And so to make sure that they look for a person who makes them a better person too, mm. what I um, is what I wish for them is that they find a great friend. With some benefits, that's good. And and that, that you want to help improve each other, always. Oh. Well, the advice for single women, too, is just don't try to control it so much. I mean, again, as Heidi said, I was exhausted. I didn't even want to go out. We had talked about going out, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go. So, yeah. I mean, 
when you least expect it, um, when you're trying to control it all the time, then I think it kind of, that, that energy isn't good energy. Yeah. But, um, just letting it go and just wherever it may, and you don't know. It could be, you can meet him in a bar. I'm happy that I was in the era of not the dating online. Yeah. Because as soon as I saw him, I was like, whew. So, you know, that's, but I mean, I physically saw him, saw his manner and saw what he was like. So don't rule out bars. Get out of the house. Yeah. (laughs) And just keep your eyes open everywhere because you just don't know. Again, you might be looking for the guy in the suit, but the guy with the dickie is going to come along and you have to just allow what's going to happen to happen mm. and um and for me and my extraordinary journey i just feel completely blessed mm. yeah to be loved by this man i would agree and to be loved by our two amazing sons <laughs> and i just so appreciate the gift of them in my life and what a gift they are in my families and my sisters and parents' lives. What they, what joy they have brought. I, I call them all my boys, including mm. my husband. Yeah. When I say the boys, and I just say that they have truly been a blessing to everybody in my family. And and uh, I did all right. I'm proud of myself. Mm. And we feel blessed to have you in our lives to be a witness to your husband and your boys and the life that you have created. It really is a privilege. Thank you. I think it's honor and gift when somebody comes into my home is when they just say, oh, your your home feels so filled with love and cozy and comfy. That's exactly what I want people to feel mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's what oozes out of all of us so we just feel very blessed and they make an amazing king and queen and they have two amazing princes that are part of this incredible love story and to remember that marriage is like a rose you have the beautiful parts and you have the thorny parts it's not all perfect those are my mother's words and i couldn't agree with them more you know, the story always sounds like oh, everything's always perfect and wonderful. It isn't, but it's it's darn close. <laughs> and you have a partner that gets you to and through the the good, bad, and, and tough times, and that's the thorns. what the thorns. I know Mama's really cute. It takes both the beauty of the rose and the thorns to make that rose, and she said that's what a relationship is like. And the reality of that is really what you have to look at because that's, that's it's not all pretty petals. Right, right. Yeah. Which not, a lot of women think, and then when they get to a few thorns, it's like, oh. But, I mean, seeing how a, even a guy that you might be dating, seeing how he reacts to the thorns is a good indication whether you stay or go. Very right. true. That's their That's character. I mean, yes. But also she's she she exemplifies every ounce of what Debbie put down for her prose, this is what I want the other women who are listening 
to know is that what she put down for what she wanted in a man, Debbie exemplified all of those qualities as well. She's funnier than heck. I mean, she she could do a stand-up comedy show. Just a woman of character, integrity, love, honor, and she got that and more in Tim. So you have to know yourself, and that's what Debbie did when she listed those pros. Mm. Those were also qualities that she's brought not only to Tim's life, but to all of us and our family and her friends. And I always say, what you put out comes back to you. So Mm. continue to stay in that mode of really staying focused on what those, those pros are, really the values that you hold in your own self and don't ever settle. Exactly. I think that was one of your first messages, actually, is don't settle. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And on yourself as well as on a man. Like she, she also had to do some work to get to a point where it's like, okay, I attracted these frogs. What do I need to do to pump up my own self-esteem and self-worth to then attract a great man like Tim? Yeah, thank God I did. Yep, I would say don't ever settle and always have frozen chocolate chip cookie dough in the freezer. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's the one thing that I have to say about Deb. You know, being a stay-at-home mom is such a privilege, and it's a choice that I think a lot of women don't even consider anymore. They don't think that it's okay to want that. We don't consider being a mother a job anymore. It's like not a worthy profession. And I am so in awe of men and women marriages that are able to work it out for women to be stay-at-home moms. And I'll never forget coming to your house. And you were, uh, you went into the freezer and you took out a ball of dough and you rolled it out, and you made chocolate chip cookies, like right on the spot, hot chocolate chip cookies. And you're like, oh, I always make like, I don't know what you said, like 10 pounds of cookie dough (laughs) and freeze it. It's always ready to come out and pop in the oven. And I thought, oh, my God, if I was a mom, that's Mm -hmm. something that I would said that, well, Deb Norton does that, so I'm doing it. Yeah, I I have some frozen cookie dough in there right now, but Christian, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Christian made it. I I passed the torch on to him. Being a stay-at-home mom for me was an absolute gift and privilege. Mm-hmm. I I I mean, it's not an easy job. It's not easy being home all the time. But for me though, I took tremendous pride in my home and making sure that my kids We're in a safe, clean home, you know, and did the errands. And I commend the women who work full-time because I never seem to have enough time to do anything. So I don't know how they do what they do. And that I I never judged anybody. That was my choice, our choice, actually, because uh, we had a difficult time getting them here to this place. And I I wanted to see them walk for the first time and do everything. So... Mm. That was, uh, I figured I earned that privilege of seeing them do their first. But it wasn't easy. I mean, I am not a clothes horse, but I had small wardrobe and watched the pennies. But for me, it was worth every moment because I, I do not regret 
staying home and and now I get to try to figure out what my next thing is when I grow up. So um, I said I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to I wanted to get married. I wanted to be a mom. I was just focused on that and you know became a wife and then became a mother and and I um, and it all went by so fast. And so now I'm like, what do, what do I do now? I'm just trying to figure out what the next passion is. So, Thank you so much, Deb. Does anybody have anything they want to add? I just want to thank you so much for letting me share my love story. Yeah. I, I appreciate it so much. Mm. I mean, it's mm. it's a true example of those the vows that she said, just that commitment to love each other. For better, Ooh, for, for, worse. better for worse. Debbie has been such an example. Richer for poor. In sickness and, and in health. And, and just every single step of that commitment, that vow to watch the two of them, just make that commitment each and every day. And whether it's expressed or not, their, their love has just been a true example 
of that. So mm. it's just such a joy, a privilege, and an honor to watch them go through this this journey. And Tricia and Nancy, it's just also such a gift to have you be part of this incredible circle of women that are here to make a commitment to other women to just to you know be a stand for other women to have an incredible love story and mm. Debbie's love story is just remarkable and I wish that for all the single women who are listening I wish that you just take all a little bit of this the little bit of the nuggets that she shares especially the one to be open be open to love and when you least expect it 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 will happen continue to believe because that's what I've watched in Debbie and that's what I'm holding for myself as well of just Going through the kissing the frogs, finding a prince, and watching watching their incredible story unfold. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you so much. Let's put a smile on my face. Thank you very much for that. So thank you so much, Deb, Nancy, and Heidi, for being here, for sharing the love and the wisdom that you brought to the podcast today. Wherever you are at this moment, we hope that you can feel your own unique happily ever after taking shape. Until next time, I'm Trisha Bennett. From all of us at Happily Ever After is Real, thank you for listening and we wish you love.